Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Rachel Stolpe. I'll be um, leading the worship today. And a big welcome to everybody on Zoom. Good to see you. Um, Sam's in the tech booth, so if you need anything um, while you're on Zoom. And um, so today we're not following the leader material and the worship sign up like we have been all over the fall. Um, in the middle of the week, Norm offered to come out of retirement and lead us in Lectio Divina at some point. And I said, oh, how about this Sunday? So when I was given that offer, I was not gonna pass that up. And I was happy to pivot and switch the readings to whatever he had selected. So this week, we're gonna um, focus on the passage in 2 Corinthians. You'll find it um, printed on the back of your bulletin. It's nice to have a pen or a pencil to um, mark words if you want. And if you need a pen or a pencil, um, I'll go grab some from the, the cup. Um, the first passage that we'll read is from Deuteronomy, and it's a good place to start with our reflection. It's sort of a preamble. I struggle a little bit with the idea that the land that the Israelites came to wasn't empty when they got there, but they were supposed to be there. And it's um, sort of like our land wasn't empty when we got here. So I've included the land acknowledgement to sort of to work that out a little bit. Um, so Lectio Divina is reading. There's also Visio Divina for those of us that are more visual. And there'll be a slideshow during the, um, with some different images running during the um, reflection time. The third part of, or fourth part of, the last part of Lectio is sharing. And so we'll just move straight into, like, you know, straight into the responding. We won't have a song in the middle. The passage from 2 Corinthians could not be more appropriate to study as we mourn the loss of our brother Dominic this week, and I it just happened to work out that way. So there'll be time to share during the response and prayer time. If you could take your purple book and stand, we'll um, read the call to worship. It's 877. Come, Holy Spirit, enter our silences. Come, Holy Spirit, into the depths of our longing. Come, Holy Spirit, unmask our pretending. Enter our trusting, enter our fearing, enter our letting go, enter our holding back. Come, Holy Spirit, embrace and free us. The first song is um, 124, but just to mix it up, we're going to do it with the, the tune from 830, which is Go My Children. It's not really mixing it up, it's actually making it easier. I think you all know 830, Go My Children, so 
we know that Eric's going to play through it all once, and then we'll sing the verses on 124 to that melody of Go My Children. First scripture is um, from Deuteronomy, and I think Lori is going to read that for us. Deuteronomy 8, 7 through 18. Because the Lord your God is bringing you to a wonderful land, a land of streams of water, springs and wells that gush up from the valleys and on the hills, a land of wheat and barley, vines, fig trees and pomegranates a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without any shortage. You won't lack a thing there. A land where stone is hard as iron and where you will mine copper from the hills. You will eat, you will be satisfied, and you will bless the Lord your God in the wonderful land that he's given you. But watch yourself. 
Don't forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments or his case laws or his regulations that I'm commanding you right now. When you eat, get full, build nice houses and settle down. And when your herds and your flocks are growing large, your silver and gold are multiplying and everything you have is thriving, don't become arrogant. Forgetting the Lord your God, the one who rescued you from Egypt, from the house of slavery, the one who led you through his, this vast and terrifying desert of poisonous snakes and scorpions, of cracked ground with no water, the one who made water flow, flow for you out of a hard rock, the one who fed you manna in the wilderness, which your ancestors had never experienced, in order to humble and test you, but in order to do good to you in the end. Don't think to yourself, my strength and abilities have produced all this prosperity for me. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the strength to be prosperous in order to establish the covenant he has made with your ancestors as he is doing today. The land acknowledgement is on 878. It's... If you wanna read it with me, that'd be great. We acknowledge that we are gathering on the traditional territory, the indigenous peoples. We affirm that settlers have specific responsibilities in the journey of reconciliation with indigenous peoples. We give thanks to Creator and to those people who have stewarded this land for generations. We are grateful for the opportunity to live, work, and worship here as we witness the reconciling movement of the spirit and seek to live in relation with our indigenous neighbors and all creation. Our confessing and reconciling is on the next page. A few pages over, it's 890. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Most merciful God, we confess not free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. We have done, we have left done, done. Not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that light in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace of Jesus Christ, our, our sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen us with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in our hearts through faith. Amen. The next song is 637, Blessed Be Your Name. Where it says repeat as desired on the second page, we will just do it once.
So there we are. Uh, a few weeks ago, this Rachel was making an appeal for people to take turns in worship. Uh, and I think all of you have been around for my whole time here, practically, uh, to know that when we, we first moved to Wisconsin, I really felt I didn't have any kind of spiritual equilibrium, and so I wasn't going to do anything. Then I kind of got on track and uh, tried to take one reflection every season. Um, and I enjoyed that. Um, but then as Candy's condition deteriorated, I, I really had to be able to be right with her. I couldn't go hide out in my office for 20 hours just to prepare a sermon. Um, 
And so then I kind of just dropped back. Well, now she's in memory care. Uh, I'm not back where I want to do 20 hours in my office preparing a sermon. But what I did say to, to Rachel was, um, I could do Lexio Divina on the passage that I've been working on through the, or one of the passages. I usually use the, the lectionary, although there was a mix up on lectionary, <laughs> this Rachel and I discovered. And I, so you're getting what we got here. Um, and one part of the Deuteronomy that I think is just really critical to remember as we come into consider the Second Corinthians passage is uh, all of this talk about how everything's going to be wonderful in the land and then this warning. Don't think that you did that by yourself. God gave you the ability to work. Um, and then it's a little bit subtle in there, but the, the idea is God is generous with you, so you who have prospered with what God has given you need to be generous with other people. Um, that's kind of an oversimplification, but I think still a relevant way of thinking about that Deuteronomy. And that, to me, was the lead-in to thinking about the Second Corinthians passage. Now, if you didn't get one of these, uh, there's more on the back there. Uh, we'll follow those those steps. Although this is, uh, we're not using a narrative passage, and these were guidelines. Really, were written with the idea of a narrative passage, but I think we can still get kind of get the point. Um, the Second Corinthians passage is written when Paul was taking a collection um, among various places where he traveled to bring back to Jerusalem where there was a famine and uh, all the people of Jerusalem, but the church particularly, was really suffering. And so this was Paul's message to, you know, say, here's how and why to give so that your, your spiritual kin back in Jerusalem, who probably very few of them had ever met, um, but you can be sharing with them. So that's kind of the background, and I hope if you can kind of keep that narrative in mind, then the steps will make some sense. Um, so the, the Latin words there are, they, they date back to, uh, Benedict, 600s. So they've been around for a while. The uh, little description under each one comes from Corrine Ware. I took a course with her when I was in Texas. Um, so, but that's very, very modern, obviously, 1995. So the way this will work is I will read the instruction, then whoever has the first time through will read aloud. And we'll just take a few moments for silence and then let you contribute to each other uh, what that, that kind of thought brought out from that passage for you. 
Um, so it's a, it's a group process. Um, I, I, yes, I have been in the passage all week, but I'm, I'm not here to tell you what I thought. I'm here to help you discern what the passage says to you. So, Lexio, to read. Read the passage carefully, getting the sequence and detail without thinking too much about the meaning. Imagine the time of day, season of years, smell of the land, sound of the countryside, the human touches. That's where the Paul's thing comes in. Uh, all the elements that would make the scene real to you. Transport yourself into the setting using your imagination. Now, whoever is reading first, if you would please do that. What I mean is this, the one who sows a small number of seeds will also reap a small crop. The one who sows a generous amount of seeds will also reap a generous crop. Everyone should give whatever they have decided in their heart. They shouldn't give without hesitation or because of pressure. God loves a cheerful giver. God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way you will have everything you need always in an, and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. As it is written, God scattered everywhere. God gave to the needy. God's righteousness remains forever. The one who supplies seed for planting and bread and bread for eating will supply and multiply your seed and will increase your crop, which is righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous in every way. Such generosity produces thanksgiving to God through us. Your ministry of this service to God's people isn't only fully meeting their needs, but it is also multiplying in many expressions of thanksgiving to God. They will give honor to God for your obedience to your confession of Christ's gospel. They will do this because this service provides evidence of your obedience and because your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. They will also pray for you and they will care deeply for you because of the outstanding grace that God has given to you. Thanks God, thanks be to God for their gift that words can't describe. I see some pens moving. Are there things that you would like to share with the gathered folk here? Yeah, probably for the benefit of those at home, passing the mic is a good idea and we're close enough together that we can just hand it to whoever's next. This one is fine? Okay, there we go. <laughs> You're all good, Sam. Um, I was just thinking about the background that uh, you mentioned, uh, Norm. I don't think, you know, I, I had 
a pretty thick biblical education growing up. And I think it was, I was in graduate school before I heard that Paul was a relief worker that he, you know, was taking up this collection to bring back to Jerusalem. Um, and, and I don't think that that was a part of my explanation of who, who Paul was or what he did until that particular point. Um, and I always thought that maybe that was underemphasized. Um, so I, I, I was thinking about that a lot um, as I was reading this passage and kind of the, is puns the right word? The, the sheer number of, the sheer number of uh, agricultural metaphors that are being used here precisely to emphasize the like, uh, the, the famine. In, in Jerusalem. I'll offer one thing that occurred to me this week. Uh, when I got to the God loves a cheerful giver line, I remember that being used almost in isolation. Uh, you know, all right, you better be cheerful about making your pledge and keeping it up all year. Um, rather than what I think is the tone here is don't give with hesitation or because of pressure. I think the NRSV says under compulsion. So I, I think Paul would not be happy with the idea of pressurized uh, stewardship campaigns. Okay, we'll move on to the second time. Meditato, meditate. And that's not, we're going to get to contemplate later. So this is not that deep kind of thing. This is thinking about the scripture, thinking about the meaning of what this. Uh, why is this here? Uh, what is the significance of this passage in the bigger scheme of things? Uh, what does this piece mean? How does this affect an understanding of God, of conduct? Do you see yourself in any of the characters in the passage? There's not really characters here, but you know, can you see yourself in this setting in some way? So now whoever is going to read number two, if you would do that, please. What I mean is this, the one who sows a small number of seeds will also reap a small crop, and the one who sows a generous amount of seeds will also reap a generous crop. Everyone should give whatever they have decided in their heart. They shouldn't give with hesitation or because of pressure. God loves a cheerful giver. God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way, you will have everything you need always, and in everything provide more than enough for every kind of good work. As it is written, God scattered everywhere, God gave to the needy, God's righteousness remains forever. The one who supplies seed for planting and bread for eating will supply and multiply your seed and will increase your crop, which is righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous in every way. Such generosity produces thanksgiving to God through us. 
your ministry of this service to God's people isn't only fully meeting their needs, but it is also multiplying in many expressions of thanksgiving to God. There will, they will give honor to God for your obedience to your confession of Christ's gospel. They will do this because this service provides evidence of your obedience and because of your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. They will also pray for you and they will care deeply for you because of the outstanding grace that God has given to you. Thank God for their gift that words can't describe. Okay, you have something to share for the good of all? I don't. Uh, I actually didn't bother go looking it up. <laughs> and I don't think this Bible is going to have that reference. No, this is. And if you know Paul, you know that he doesn't always word for word quote exactly what the Old Testament said. He gets started with something and then he shapes it to where he wants to go. Um, 112, okay. You want to read what you think the original might have been? Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will, never, they will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. And so I look at that, that psalm and and Paul's, you said paraphrase. It's more like a what would go in an executive summary. <laughs> well, it's about the the righteous in this version, but I don't know if I don't. I mean, I could try to look up a version from the Septuagint and see if he's he's got that in front of him. He might have he might have the Greek version in front of him rather than. Matthew, you want to pursue that now that we, we have an idea of what it might have come from? Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Okay. Something that I have a question about is the response of the people that you have helped. And here he's pretty, very confident that they will be um, appreciative. And that's, you know, not always the case. Well, and that appreciation comes in, I mean, with it is prayer. I mean, that 
there's a reciprocity here. They're going to pray for you. Uh, now, presumably, Paul has some idea of what the people in Jerusalem are up to, but he knows them at least. So to the part about um, what this piece means, I don't know, I'm not going to presume to know, but um, how it affects our understanding of God, I keep in, in thinking about this passage, it's um, encouraging us to have obedience and um, to be generous with our obedience, um, to obey with generosity. But uh, I, I think about other places in scripture where we're told that we're the vessel. And I, I have this image as I'm thinking about uh, this passage, encouraging us to, in our abundance and um, our knowledge that we always have more than enough, even if we feel like we're in a hard spot and we don't have something to share, there's always enough to share. Um, so in that obedience, I, I think about how God is structuring all of this, that of course God can give generously to all, but he wants to use us. He wants us to be that vessel to pour out God's love to others. So um, yeah, I, I think it tells us more about God wanting to use us. I think there is a parallel here, again, with the Deuteronomy passage and this passage, that in our generosity, we are participating in the divine life. We are participating in God's life of generosity. Um, you know, it, it's not just that, oh, we got enough stuff that we can give some of it away. It's, we're in partnership with God. We get to do this with God. Okay. Briefly, um, one thing I just have a question about is our crop is righteousness in verse 10. And I'm not totally sure what that means or if I want my crop to be righteousness. Um, do I want to be generous with righteousness? That feels strange to me. So, the, Paul frequently uses righteousness as the fruit of our life. That image occurs other places in his epistles as well. Uh, you know, the, where, where we're going, what, the, what we bear. I, I suppose this might go to some of the conversation we had about the vine and the branches earlier, that we're bearing fruit, and that fruit is righteousness, and, and we give it away. And the, the linguist people among us could probably clarify this even more, but there is a, in both Greek and Hebrew, there is a connection between the words for righteousness and the words for justice. There, they're not pulled apart like we, we tend to, that righteousness is my personal thing and justice is, you know, that. I mean, righteousness be, means being just, but it also means being generous. It's, you know, you, you can't say, well, that, that person created their own problems, so, you know, you don't have to be generous to them. Okay, let's move on. Oratio, prayer. 
Um, allow your feelings to surface as you read the passage again. Do you feel happy, sad, angry, or guilty? Silently or verbally, talk this through with God. Tell God what you feel about what you have read. Comment in your prayer on anything in the passage to which you respond. And I think we'll, whoever's reading third can read, and then we'll pray. Uh, I know Rachel's going to have a organized our prayer time in just a minute, but the uh, you know, you can pray silently if you want to say something aloud so that we're in on your prayer, that's fine too. But, uh, but let's not talk about prayer, let's pray. What I mean is this. The one who sows a small number of seeds will also reap a small crop. And the one who sows a generous amount of seeds will also reap a generous crop. Everyone should give whatever they have decided in their heart. They shouldn't give with hesitation or because of pressure. God loves a cheerful giver. God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way, you will have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. As it is written, God scattered everywhere. God gave to the needy. God's righteousness remains forever. The one who supplies seed for planting and bread for eating will supply and multiply your seed and will increase your crop, which is righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous in every way. Such generosity produces thanksgiving to God through us. Your ministry of this service to God's people isn't only fully meeting their needs, but it is also multiplying in many expressions of thanksgiving to God. They will give honor to God for your obedience to your confession of Christ's gospel. They will do this because this service provides evidence of your obedience and because of your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. They will also pray for you and they will care deeply for you because of the outstanding grace that God has given to you. Thank God for their gift that words can't describe. I'm going to move us then to contemplato, um, to contemplate. Sit quietly, breathe deeply and regularly. You'll notice that this is kind of going sequentially, getting you a little more into this kind of thing. Let your mind go blank as you quiet your inner self. Simply listen to your heart or in your heart. 
If you receive some impression or thought, quietly notice it, then focus your attention on remaining open. If you have no thoughts or impressions, return your mind to the scripture passage. After a bit, open your eyes, rested and refreshed, expressing gratitude for your experience. And I will assume this will be an entirely silent time until I bring it to an end. <laughs> the one who sows a small number of seeds will also reap a small crop. And the one who sows a generous amount of seeds will also reap a generous crop. Everyone should give whatever they have decided in their mind. They should not give without hesitation or because of pressure. God loves a cheerful giver. God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way, you will have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. As it is written, God distributed everywhere. God gave to the needy. God's righteousness remains forever. The one who supplies seed for planting and bread for eating will supply and multiply your seed and will increase your crop, which is righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous in every way. Such generosity produces thanksgiving to God through us. Your ministry of this service to God's people isn't only fully meeting their needs, but it is also multiplying in many expressions of thanksgiving to God. They will give honor to God for your obedience to your confession of Christ's gospel. They will do this because this service provides evidence of your obedience and because of your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. They will also pray for you. They will care deeply for you because of the outstanding grace that God has given to you. Thank God for their gift that words cannot describe.
Please pray with me. Dear God, thank you for this time that we've had together to spend studying, hearing, reflecting, meditating on your word. Help us to be a cheerful giver in whatever way that is. We entrust our spirits into your hands. You, Lord, God of faithfulness, you have saved us. Be strong and take heart, all of you who hope in the Lord. Amen. Our last song is um, Voices Together 387. We are one in the spirit. And we can stand for that. You are welcome to sing whatever language you want, and verses two and three are on the other page. Then stay standing for the benediction. the second verse will guard each one's dignity and yes that I, I really like that part now may the lord jesus christ and god our creator who loved us and gave us eternal comfort 
and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Go in peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.